and a good friend and really a spiritual father and brother to so many of us in this room. So he's bringing the word to us this morning. So can we just welcome Herb Bailey? Uh, good morning. So I shouldn't have taken a knee there uh, just to highlight the sermons about suffering this morning. And uh, my knee was shaken. I felt it. Uh, we're studying in Hebrews uh, at the cafe. We're doing a Bible study at the cafe, and it's Hebrews. And uh, before I get started, let me pray. I like prayer. Can we not have enough prayer? Father, I thank you that you have given us this opportunity and this time. Lord, you have carved out this time in what could be a busy schedule, Lord. But we have willingly uh, been obedient to you, and we come before you, Lord, humbly, willing to worship you, to hear from you, Lord, what you would have us do, because you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're studying the book of Hebrews at the cafe. We do a Bible study every Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock. That is a commercial. If you're free at 8 o'clock and you want to come down, you're totally welcome. Um, and uh, as we began to do this study in Hebrews, uh, we're like in the third week or fourth week of this, uh, and we're in chapter two, and it was so amazing this past Tuesday, uh, we began to talk, and I, uh, like many of other, other people in the room, were blown away. We were like, wow. I mean, it was, the spirit was in the room, and tangibly. And I was like, well, I guess I'll just preach on that Sunday. So, it's easy, right? Uh, so the passage is Hebrews 10, uh, Hebrews 2, 10 through 18, and I'm going to read it, uh, and then I'll, we're going to chop it up a little bit. Uh, and this is in the Common English Bible version, so it's going to read a little bit different, but you know, whatever. Let me know. When you, are people turning there? Are you turning there? Good. When you get there, say amen. Yes. If you're not there yet, say oh me. There's some omis. I still hear pages turning. Uh-huh. All right. Take your time. Amen when you get there. It's all right. I've gotten until it rains, so I'm good. It's not supposed to rain until like four or five, so I'm good. Not really going to be okay. Good? Almost. Ah. All right. It was appropriate for God, for whom and through whom everything exists, to use experiences of suffering to make perfect the pioneer of salvation. This salvation belongs to many sons and daughters whom he is leading to glory. This is because the one who makes people holy and the people who are being made holy all come from one source. That is why Jesus isn't ashamed to call them brothers and sisters when he says, I will publicly announce your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you in the middle of the assembly. He also says, I will rely on him. And also, here I am with the children whom God has given to me. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he also shared in the same things in the same way. He did this to destroy the one who holds the power over death, the devil, by dying. He set free those who were held in slavery their entire lives by their fear of death. Of course, he isn't trying to help angels, but rather he's helping Abraham's descendants. 
Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers and sisters in every way. This was so that he could become a merciful and faithful high priest in things relating to God in order to wipe away the sins of the people. He's able to help those who are being tempted since he himself experienced suffering when he was tempted. So word of the Lord. So there's this thing I love about birth order. And so this is where I'm going to start. I had to call my sisters up. Uh, I texted my sister. I didn't call them. Who calls anymore? I texted my sisters. I've, um, I've got three younger sisters. Uh, my parents, let me start over. My parents were married, which I thought was really cool. Uh, <laughs> because they made me, collectively, the two of them, if you need to have a conversation later on how that works, when a mommy loves a daddy very much. Um, and so they had me. And they were so excited and so blown away with uh, me and so overwhelmed with joy and excitement that they were like, well, we can't do any better than this. And so they separated and got a divorce and married a couple other people and had other kids. I tell myself that to make me feel better. That's really. Um, but anyway, my mom and dad remarried. Uh, my dad remarried. My mom remarried. My mom had three girls and my dad had two boys. And I'm the oldest, as, uh, as you would imagine. Uh, so. I talked to my sisters, I messaged them, I said, hey, tell me a time when I got in trouble for doing the wrong thing, as far as you guys are concerned. Um, and so my sister reminded me very quickly of a story that I may have already told you, but if I have, just pretend like I haven't. Um, I was in middle school, and my sister, I'm going to come down because I know this part of the, okay. Because it's so foreign, it's so weird. I'm like a, so I was in middle school, and my sister went to daycare down. She's seven years younger than me, so she went to daycare down the street from my middle school. And I would walk home every day from middle school, and I would pick her up, and we would walk back to, across, back down the street, um, back up the street, and then we'd cross the street and go to our house, right? So anyway, my stepdad had this game, and uh, I had to use the stairs for this. He had this game that he would do, and. He would say, on your mark, get set, stop, right? And we played all the time because we were waiting for him to say go. We'd be like, ah, ah, I don't want to, no. Uh, and so I played this game with my sister because, you know, I'm just, I'm bored. And we're walking home, and my sister, she's four at this time, and she says, on your mark, get set, stop. She runs out and hits a car. She hits the car, the car doesn't hit her, she hits the car, uh, which is, and it was even more tra tragic because she was carrying a grape soda, and the grape soda spilt and splashed over the front end of this car. I tell you the story not to show you how awesome she is, uh, because she did recover, she was fine, nothing happened, the lady had a small dent in her car, we went home, I carried her all the way home, uh, she walked, no ambulance was called, but I got in trouble. I was like, why did I get in trouble? I mean, like, that's not, she spilled her pop. It's not my fault. She, I told her to stop. She didn't listen. It's not my fault. You guys are thinking it is my fault. Look at you. I can tell by your faces. You think it's my fault. It was not my fault. I, I told her not to go. Anyway, there are other times when as uh, an older, how many oldest siblings do we have here? Who are the older people here? 
you guys know that if your younger siblings don't do the right thing, who gets in trouble? You do, exactly. And when they do the right thing, who gets praised for it? Me. Wait, no, we do. They clean their room. Good job you got them to clean your room. Every once in a while, they get them like, wait, I'm the one that made them clean a room. How come I'm... All right. That's not important. So I would get disciplined and suffer through it and learn never to do it again. There are other things that I did well, like doing the dishes and cleaning and things like that. My parents would be excited, and they would laud us for that. At our Bible study... Tuesday morning, the cafe, our passage concerns Jesus. He is the oldest brother of all of us. He did for us what we couldn't do, like I did for my siblings, and like we did, we helped them move forward. He went first into suffering successfully, going first into doing the will of the Father successfully. He was the pioneer, is the pioneer of our salvation successfully. We are related to the divine, we're made in his image, and at the same time, we're tragically flawed. We have no ability to care for ourselves as far as it comes to our salvation. That's nothing that we could do to gain that favor, that came through Jesus. In verse 10, we see that God made Jesus the pioneer of our salvation. It was appropriate for God, for whom and through whom everything exists, to use experiences of suffering to make perfect the pioneer of our salvation. The forerunner, the first to suffer successfully to our benefit. We suffer, but to no avail if our suffering is not for the Lord. If our suffering isn't for the Lord, our suffering is in vain. Think about it this way, very much in the idea of trailblazers in our lives. This is a practical uh, example that just happened a couple of days ago. We were coming back from Midland, and we're coming up Green Garden Road, and Green Garden Road is really bumpy. And, and I complained about Green Garden Road being bumpy. If you're coming back from Midland, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, and my daughter from the back seat said, just think, at one time, this is all just rock. And I said, and at one time, this is all just dirt. And she said, and at one time, there was just a walking path. And I said, at one time, there was no path at all. And then she said, at one time, none of this existed. And then I said, at one time, we weren't here either. I think she won that battle. I was... I wish I could have got that one in before. <laughs> but the reality is someone had to do the hard work to make that path. The road we call Green Garden Road, even though it is bumpy, someone went first. It's a very practical understanding of what's going on. Aliquippa Impact, someone went first. Joel learned that from someone else, Right? Think about in your own lives, the things that you do today, who are those trailblazers? Who are the people who went first so that you can do what you do today? Whether it's a scientist or a musician 
or an explorer, your parents, Jesus. He's that pioneer. He's that oldest child that took on the pain, the suffering. He went through the thickets for our sake. He took on death for our sake. He was obedient for our sake. Make no mistake, God became flesh. That's the basis of our faith. He lived a sinless life. He took on the struggles that we face, but didn't succumb to them. This is the freedom that is afforded us because big brother Jesus, who isn't ashamed to call us sister and brother. I think sometimes we spend a lot of energy being ashamed to be called brothers and sisters of Christ or being ashamed to be called Christian or being ashamed to be associated with the church. And the truth is, we've done enough to mess up the name of Christ all by ourselves. Amen? But Jesus, it says in verse 11, that this is why Jesus isn't ashamed to call them brothers and sisters when he says, I will publicly announce your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you in the middle of the assembly. Jesus sees us the way that God sees us, redeemed. That's why we can say we're a brother and sister because he sees us, not as we see ourselves. What about that heavenly vision? Hmm. Because of what he's done, he gave us the Holy Spirit, only the best. That idea of Jesus not being ashamed of us in our frailty and our ability not to measure up to standard, when it was just the Trinity, they could eat all the chubby hubby ice cream they wanted. But when they made man, they chose to share. They shared the fruit of their experience. They shared the fruit of their community. And we get the benefit. It's all dessert for us. I can eat a pint of ice cream all by myself. I'm going to go back to this chubby hubby because it's my favorite Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I can eat a pint all by myself. When it came to being with my sisters, I had to share. And that sharing, there is some suffering that's involved in that. Amen? Because I can take a couple of pints, give me a, a good enough movie. I'd be like, what? This is minor compared to the suffering that Jesus went through, as you all know. You guys, I'm telling you stuff you already know. I know that. His suffering is so much grander than ours. But the beautiful thing about his suffering is that when we suffer, we have him with us. Whatever I'm going through, whatever you're going through right now, whatever you're going through today, that suffering pales in comparison to what Jesus did. Whatever suffering you're going through right now, whatever suffering you're experiencing today, you have the ability to have the Holy Spirit with you in that suffering. You have the ability to walk alongside of Jesus. He did what we couldn't do, suffered successfully without sin. In verse 18, it says, he's able to help those who are being tempted since he himself experienced suffering when he was tempted. 
And this is the end of it, you see. My strength, my strength to resist means nothing. In recovery language, we call it white knuckling. It means I just hold on. Ah! But if I try to do it by myself, all I'm doing is focusing on the problem. But when I take Jesus with me, when I take God with me, when I experience the Holy Spirit with me in my suffering, I'm focused on the solution. Christ is the solution. It doesn't mean the suffering is going to go away. And I wish, as a parent, as an older brother, that the suffering would go away, that I could make the world a non-suffering place for my children. That I can make the world a non-suffering place for my sisters, for their kids, for my parents. The best that I can do is offer them Jesus. Because when I'm not with them, I want them to know that they're not alone. That the suffering they're doing is not in vain. That the suffering they're doing is just for a moment. The Bible says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. That is a promise. And my morning may not be tomorrow morning. My morning may be when Jesus comes back to collect us. There will be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more striving. We will have the opportunity to worship forever. I'm looking forward to that day. If you don't have that assurance, if you don't know for sure that your suffering is going to end, if you don't have joy in your heart, not happiness, because happiness is something that's temporary, something to make you happy, you get that new, the new car smell, and then you get that buyer's remorse when your kids spill something in it. Don't eat my car. Oh, you ate my car. I'm not happy anymore. But there's a joy that supersedes any of that happy. There's a joy that remains. There's a joy when things aren't going well. And it's that joy that comes from the Lord that is my strength. I read this quote. I'm going to end with this. And if the worship band or whoever wants to come back up. I'm in with this. And this is really a challenge. It's short, so I'm going to wait until they come up here because they won't even be up here yet. And I'll be like, Done. Oh, that's good, that's good. I read this quote the other day, and it said, Stop relying on your own strength to fight through the suffering. Take his yoke, take his gift of eternal life, and truly begin to live. Eternity starts now. It's an intense ride, but the benefits are heavenly. Amen.